Episode number 36, Bible Engagement with Kids Beyond Sunday with Matt Gorman. Here we go, tribe. This is the Kidman Tribe Podcast. We're helping you as children's pastors, volunteers, and leaders plan, create, and execute incredible life-changing kids' worship experiences at your church. With practical tips, coaching, training, and resources from the best in kids' ministry around the world. It's time to join the tribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Noble. I'm so excited that you're joining in today. I hope your summer's been great. As we get ready to tackle the fall, we're going to be talking about a very important topic today, and that is how do we get our kids to engage with the Bible Monday through Saturday, not just in church on Sunday? How do we extend that and make it exciting? How do we make the Bible something that kids love to read? And today we're going to be talking about that with my special guest, Matt Gorman. Matt Gorman is the relationship manager for One Hope, an organization that's partnered with Version and churches worldwide to create a kid's Bible experience. The kid's Bible experience is an in-app feature found on the home feed of the Version Bible app and is designed to help kids ages 7 to 11 develop a daily habit of engaging with God's Word. To date, One Hope has reached more than 1.9 billion children around the world with the life-changing message of the gospel of hope in Jesus and really has encouraged them to dig into the, to the Word. Prior to joining One Hope, Matt spent 12 years as a children's pastor at Fellowship Church in Grapevine, Texas. He's also part of the ongoing development of the Elevate Children's Curriculum that has served churches and children's ministry around the world. He has a deep passion for connecting to children's leaders and invites them to collaborate in effective ways to help children and youth fall in love with God's word. Bible engagement is one of the most important things that we have to get right in kids' ministry. And as you're planning your fall, I highly encourage you, let's dig into this and find out how we can help kids to become more biblically illiterate. I hope that you're ready for this, Kidman Tribe. We're going to jump in with that right after this. You are a ministry leader. You either have no creative team or your creative team is completely overwhelmed. That's where our team can help. At 1230 Media, we are on mission with churches and ministries to help you visually communicate the gospel to your audience. One of the great ministries that we serve is my friend Ryan Frank at Kids Matter. We've produced lots of visuals for the Kids Matter conference, like main graphics for each year, promo videos, speaker intros, countdowns, animated lower thirds, and more. We are on mission with Ryan and Amber and the great team at Kids Matter. If you are looking for people to be in the trenches of ministry with you and help you create powerful graphics and video, let us know. Your visuals matter. You can contact our team today at 1230media.com slash custom to get your project started today. That's 1230media.com slash custom. Welcome to the Kidman Tribe Podcast. My name is Jason Noble. I'm your host. I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm also excited to have my new good friend, Matt Gorman on. Matt, welcome. You're with One Hope. Love to hear your background, kind of like what brought you to kids ministry and where you're at today. 
Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. And thanks for having me on to be a part of the conversation and adding to the community. Hopefully we'll serve them well today. And uh, yeah, my name is Matt Gorman. I've, uh, I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'm married. I have a wife of 11 years. We've got a couple dogs and a cat that are running around uh, bringing allergens in the house 24 seven. But uh, um, prior to Prior to joining One Hope, which I'll share in just a second, but prior to joining One Hope, I actually was in kids ministry for 12 years in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, uh, working for a multi-campus church that actually created a curriculum for Sundays and also extended into the week to help parents engage with kids in scripture and things like that. So just uh, that's what I was doing. And then in 2020, had a had a rad- radical shift into a new area of ministry, which was to join an organization, One Hope, which I know you're familiar with, uh, yeah. One Hope based out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but is really has a, I just say it's a simply stated mission, God's word, every child, but not a simple one to accomplish, right? It's not something we'll accomplish on our own. God's going to have to go before us, but um, we've just been blessed to, you know, find ways to reach children around the world and youth with scripture. And uh, I specifically serve as a relationship manager on a project that, and a resource that's been created, not only on our own, but in partnership with Version and with local churches and actually local churches around the world, called the Kids Bible Experience and just desiring to see digital find a way to help kids engage with scripture. So I'm and a friend I, of those ministry leaders. And I think that you've, you guys have reached like, had 1.8 billion downloads. Is that what I read on the notes? Yeah. So actually what it is, is we've actually reached just over 1.9 million children. And this oh year God. around the world, we're, we're going to go over 2 million and uh, we're praying for God to lead us. 142 million children reach with God's word around the world. But, but as far as the kids Bible experience, we've had, uh, we've had 8 million con- completed experiences and we've got 7 million unique users. So it's pretty amazing to see what, uh, what God's doing. Well, we're speaking billions in, in the prophetic, right? Saying that hopefully that's the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you going before and laying that down out there. That's great. <laughs> exactly. No, and you know, I think this topic of helping kids engage with the Bible um, Monday through Saturday is so vital. I mean, I think God's word is, and I, you know, I go back to that scripture that says God's word will never come back void. And so like today, as you look around, you see all of this stuff happening in our kids' world where the world's voice seemingly is louder than God's voice or louder than the church's voice, but mm. scripture changes that. Mm. And I think really looking at that, how do we engage our kids? And, you know, back when I grew up, it was like, you're going to get like 10 stars for everything you memorize, but none of us could explain what it meant. None of us could explain, you know, we could wrote, like just go off memory. And I think that's where, when I hear engagement, that's the word that hits me is, how do you teach kids to apply the word to their everyday life? Mm, that's so good. Yeah, there's a one-time decision moment, and then there's memorizing scripture. And to your point, there's a depth of like understanding, you know, God's story, his invitation to all kids to be a part of it, and understanding really deeply and meaningfully like what it means so that they can ex- I, I just love seeing kids who obviously memorize scripture. Like you can't discount right. that. It says seed planted in the heart. To your point, it doesn't come back void, but to watch kids engage and light up. And get excited about what they're reading and understanding the bigness of God and then saying, listen, this is neat. He's actually given me a role and a part to play in his big story and helping them see that. Like to watch a kid illuminate like that and to have it like trans- transfer into a life that they're living, game changing, right? Like it's every joy of a children's ministry leader. It is. I mean, and when that light comes on and what I love about God's word is it becomes alive. And so no matter, you could read a scripture one month. And then read it again the next and it, like it comes alive right for you for where you're at at that moment. And I think that 
Like that's what scripture does in kids' lives. So someday down the road, when they have to make a decision, if they've hidden God's word in their heart, they're going to go back to that scripture and it's going to remind them of what God's word has to say. Because reality is, unfortunately, we're not with our kids all the time. And especially as they grow older, they're going to have to make choices. And when you look at that, like, how do you help them to make the right choice? And I believe it's simply God's word. So what's one issue that you hear children's leaders talking about? And what are your thoughts on how to solve that? Yeah, I was kind of reflecting on this a little bit. It's an interesting place that, that God's offered me the opportunity to kind of sit in. We've actually been gathering and rallying children's ministry leaders from across North America, like for biannual conversations that really have been aiming nice. at a lot of things of how do we help kids uh, engage with scripture? What do we do with this generation that's culturally like just, you know, kind of like spread out, like they were just having their eyes moved in different directions. And uh, one of the things that that really came about is that what we're going to what we're going to need to see is we're going to need to see that the challenge is that we're losing kids to regular scripture engagement as they get older like as they get older they're engaging with God's word less and less and this issue is something that needs to be solved and i don't think there's any one institution any one organization that's going to you know that's going to resolve this and solve this issue we're going to have to do it together right and that's what i've really enjoyed about conversations is like we see the issue we know that kids are not engaging with god's word and and there's research to back that up right like there's research that backs that up i mean if I can really quickly just share with you, Jason, and, and maybe people have seen it, but there was Lifeway research called Nothing Less, right? Yeah. But if you've seen it, basically what they did is they they just collected 40 factors um, that could affect a child's moral and spiritual development and said, okay, like, let's look at family life. Let's look at like the their, their family structure. Let's look at the music they listen to, the movies they watch, and find out actually what makes a resilient child disciple that leads them to become a young adult that's thriving in their faith and, and like, like really going out. And what they were finding is of all the different things that were being done, the number one predictor of the spiritual health of a young adult was that they were regularly engaging and reading God's word. Wow. And that was over. I mean, I just think like, that's like, not that other things weren't part of a child's lived, uh, you know, life of discipleship. Like it's important to serve. It's important to pray. It's important to do all these other missional works and things that we know that God just loves. And he finds great pleasure in when we do these things, but of all of them that just went back to the seed planted to your point earlier, right? Like that seed planted in their heart was like actually there and richly coming alive when maybe they got a little bit older or were continuing to grow and face challenges in life. So, so I thought that was really interesting, but that's what we're dealing with and needing to solve. Wouldn't you say, too, that that really is the foundation? Like, if you look, like, God's Word is actually the foundation. Everything else gets built on that. The serving, the, you know, and so if you try to build something without a foundation, what happens? It falls down. And so I think that's the key is that in a kid's life, and I think we all know that, but it's important to really point that out. Like, if you're not building a foundation, then what are those kids building? And could it be that because the foundation isn't there, that's why we see them dropping off? I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. Before we go any further, one of the things I want to ask you is how do you define engagement? Because I think like there are words in kids ministry that we use. There's words in the church that we use, but we never stop to define it and see what like how, what does that look like in the real world? Mm, that's a good, good question. I mean, really just kind of looking at what was being defined for research, because I mean, you, Jason, you know, one hope I know you do like research is just a backbone part of what we do. 
But what would be defined as research when doing like defined as engagement with this research would simply be weekly engagement. Like the simple low bar would be weekly engaging. And that's that's reading God's word, just starting with reading his word regularly, which would be on a weekly basis. That's good. Well, and adults out there, I think parents have to be challenged in this, too, because I think what you find is a lot of parents aren't reading. So it trickles down to their kids. I mean, the fact that we have Bibles with dust on the covers that never get opened. I mean, I think that parents, so as we're engaging our kids, we've got to also engage parents in this whole process. Um, okay, let's let's get the whole family reading the Bible. The goal would be like modeling it, right? Like that's a biblical, like that's a biblical view that you see of the family as they're growing up is that, you know, you you lean into like a Deuteronomy 6 and you see that the family was actually the part of distilling discipleship and helping to lead them. And, and, and Jason, I think as we go on in the conversation, one of the things that's going to probably stand out is we're, we're dealing with, uh, we're dealing with a generation of parents that are really trying to discover what their own faith is. And they're trying to discover, like, they haven't been reading the Bible. I don't read you to your point. Like I got to knock the dust off the dust, the, off the jacket of the Bible. I'm getting it off of it. And I'm like, but now you're asking me to leave my child in it. And there's a tension there because it's like, if I don't feel like I can do it for myself, then right. I'm going to let the church take the lead. And, and that's not necessarily, that kind of flips the model on its head that Jesus was actually leading us to and that the, that God's been stealing down to us. Well, and when you look at that, I think parents are fearful that they don't have, so it's not only tension, but it's that fear of, I can't even do it for myself. So how am I going to do it for my kids? And like, to your point, you said, so I just hand it over to the church, which is kind of what we do in the educational system too. We hand our mm-hmm. kids to public school for eight hours a day and then it gets changed. And I think what we have to realize, and this is eye-opening for some kids ministry leaders, there are kids and families walking into your church that they have no basis for a biblical idea. They don't. They have not even opened the Bible. They don't own one. They have no clue because we live in a post-Christian society. Like, you're starting from the ground up. So don't be shocked. Don't assume your kids even own a Bible at this point. Yeah, 100%. That's just, and yeah. There's another piece of research, Jason, that comes from Family Matters Research, which One Hope just conducted, and we've just started to get out. But here's something that was really interesting, was almost 50% of parents in the United States actually said that they had little or no influence in the lives of their child. So pause on that for a moment, right? Like you have a parent who is saying, I don't think I have influence over my own child's life. And then you bring the complexity of like, I really stuck in my faith or I haven't really gone far in my faith because you have a whole generation of like, especially along millennials, like that have shifted and moved uh, away from the church, away from faith or discovering their own faith. And all of a sudden they feel like they don't have influence. So how can I feel like I can lead my child in their faith if I don't even think that I can actually like influence them in other areas of their life, especially this one of faith. So that's just something recently that's been like, It's so good. And we'll try to like, uh, Matt, I'll get from you these, hopefully this research and we'll try to put it in the show notes so that people can go and look at the research and dig into it. uh, Cause I think it's so good. I mean, when you look at that um, and and understanding like the moral compass of people today, it's not the Bible, like even discussing and, and helping people to realize that that's the moral compass of their life. You know, there's so many people trying to discredit it. And really it's uh, so important. I think you start out young saying like, this is the word, this is where God wants to go. And I think it's interesting because one of the things you talk about a lot is digital. And so parents are somewhat afraid of digital. They're somewhat afraid of like, what what am I gonna do? I'm not a really techie. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've heard all the excuses uh, of why, you know, parents don't, but talk to us about the digital aspect of what you guys are doing, because I think it's so important and it meets kids where they're at. 
Yeah, that's good. Well, you know what's interesting, Jason? Like, um, you know, I, I will. Uh, I don't want to date myself too much inside of a podcast, right? But, uh, but when you say like, I kind of straddled like technologies, like kind of entering into uh, this world at a rapid rate. But, but really, like, who are the parents of the children in our ministry right now? They're Gen Z, right? And they're millennial who had access to digital. So there's a little bit of comfortability with digital by the parents. But uh, but we've been having conversation that there's a little bit of apprehension about recommending technology to kids by the church. And so maybe we're we're just saying, like, that's that's not a place for the church. That's not a place for kids to go. And it's like, but that's actually where we need to go. And, and I've likened it a little bit to this. And then I'll dive into kind of what we're doing in digital. But um, I'm likened to this, like missions are done when we see a people group that is disconnected and needs God's word and needs the hope of Jesus. And oh. then we we adapt ourselves. We say, what, what's the culture like? What's the language? What do we need to know about that culture so we can go there and present the truth of God's word to make sure we bring hope to that area and then teach them how to, to live on God's word themselves? This generation of digital natives is a people group that we should look at as a mission field and not be afraid to like just go with full energy and inertia of God's Holy Spirit like leading us there. That's a big deal. So I think digital, to your point, like we've got we've got to embrace digital, but also like it's not technology's bad. It's what's the value of what's on the technology that matters the most. Totally. And I think in that perspective, you couple that with relationship. And that's where we see, I mean, just, you, you know, you equip your parents, you equip your kids with great digital resources, and then relationship that comes along in the church world. That's the best of both worlds. That's something that Disney can't match. That's something that, you know, most digital companies cannot match is the relationship. And that's where children's leaders, you get a special part of playing into the, playing into this. That's so good. Like to become a trusted voice, not only to children, but to parents, right? Like they're not unaware that the things their kids are consuming may not be of great value, but to have a church who isn't trying to like, like thump them with the idea that they're doing it wrong, but advocate for the things that they can be doing right in the space of technology. Because when you, when you think about digital, like David Kinnaman like coined that phrase as digital natives, right? Like there's been an exodus to a digital Babylon by this generation. And now the question is, how do we go and meet them where they're at? Right. Digitally, meet them where they're at because they are online, they are digital. And then maybe redeem and pull back this generation and say, hey, we're, we just want to give you a light taste because to your point earlier, how many kids are walking in that have no idea how to look through their Bible, look, they don't even know how to find a verse. Like they're just, they're just not there and just saying, Hey, you know what? We're okay with that. We're going to meet you right there in that moment. You're online. And we want to see not only while you're here at church, but we want to give you tools that can help you while you're not at church as a child and as parents so that you can connect with God's word, the hope of Jesus, and then continue that journey on and say, we're supporting you seven days a week, not just one day a week as a ministry. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And it's cheaper than ever to do it that way. It's, I mean, you've got like, you guys have the Bible app that goes right on a person's phone. All you have to do is promote it to your families. Share it, like kids ministry leaders, just share it with the people around you. I mean, it's the easiest time ever, if you really think about it, to step into this world. Yeah, no, that's 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 very true. You mentioned the Bible app for kids. That was such an early start, right? We're almost at 11 years. I can't even believe it. 11 wow. years ago, Bible app for kids to help the youngest of ages. But when we look at some more research right now uh, from Guiding Children, this is a Barna research that was done in partnership with One Hope. Okay. Um, biblical literacy 
is at an all-time low. We know it's that way. But as kids got older, they started engaging with God's word less and less. And that really began around the age nine. So if that's the case, what, what is happening with preteens who are like formidable? They're trying to shape their identity. They're moldable. They're pliable at this age. And yet parents seem to also in the research be backing away from helping them engage with this content. So they're highly digital, highly online, highly technologically savvy. But but at the same time, where's the church? What do we have as resources that can actually apply and meet them there? So good, man. I mean, I think that's such a great perspective. And your parents will love it because it helps them to do a better job, which I think is our job too. help them do a better job of raising their kids. It's not to raise their kids for them. I think it gives us a better opportunity. So what's one thing children's ministry leaders can do to execute children's experiences better? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I This is going to seem like it's an off topic, but I think it'll come back in is, is I think it's important to consider the daily rhythm or the rhythms of life of the family today. Um, there was a thing called a pandemic. I feel like sometimes it feels like it's like almost been like, oh, oh, that's right. There was that. But that was an important like marker in time for families where families, I, I liken it to like a NASCAR race. Uh, I do. We've got a Texas Motor Speedway right here. So I enjoy a yeah. good race. But, you know, like like COVID almost forced people into a pit stop. And then all of a sudden, when they got released from the pit stop, you enter back on the course going a million miles an hour. And, and now life is simply like. It's it's fast paced coming and going from from here to there. Probably not a bad thing, right? Because well, I feel like people are trying to make up for the pandemic too. Like mm. I feel like they're trying to go. Oh, we missed so much. Now we need to double down. Right now, I pastor a church too, and we're talking about rhythms right now of just having margin in your life and really talking like, hey, you can't be so full. You have no margin. Mm. Yeah, that's that's that as we see that at the church I'm at here in the DFW area is that like families are just like they're filling their lives as much as they can. And I think that's a great perspective, Jason, is like I'm trying to make up for lost time and there's really not much to make up for. But now now there's less time for them to think of the things that are most important in their lives. Right. And, and we heard the church say recently they were just trying to help parents stop long enough to notice their own rhythms because they got they they amped up so fast they don't even see the rhythm that they're in and so it's like how can we like lift their eyes up to help them see the rhythm and in the middle of this fast pace of the coming and going um help them engage scripture in their their daily lives with their kids because some parents it can feel a little overwhelming right like it feels like a lot to take on and um, recently in conversation with the children's ministry leaders we had a a, a speaker come in Dr. Denise Keysbo I don't know if you're familiar with her but she was really talking about um, the family isn't designed to do discipleship the same way the church is. The church has a unique gifting of like an informal process of like training and equipping. Yeah. But the families are just an active movement. And so it's more about simple conversations, simple moments that can help them feel like they're winning in the middle of their parenting and help the child be lifted into uh, an excitement for engaging with scripture and engaging with God's word. Well, and it's interesting. I think if you were to answer, like if I had to put a one word on this answer is simplify. How do we simplify our ministries? And we've been forced to do that. We've been forced to simplify. And maybe it's not keeping everybody so busy doing events or maybe, I mean, it's looking at how we do ministry and simplify because really what's important needs to be the simple things. I mean, so looking at our ministries, how do I simplify to make sure that, and maybe that's the key 
to making sure Bible engagement is happening. So, so Jason, I'll ask this question, and this is probably just a conversation starter more than it is anything else, but um, then what we measure has to change. Yes, 100%. And I think that's part of this conversation. What do we measure? Because in that, and this is something, I mean, I've been in kids ministry for 22 years, and it's been a question I've asked all along. Like, what are the tangibles that we me- that we measure when a kid leaves our kids ministry? Like, what are we looking for in their lives to know that we have met um, what God's called us to do? Wow. Yeah. And and what's that old, what's that phrase? Like what gets celebrated gets repeated also. Yes. And so like, what are we celebrating internally uh, that matters to your point? Like, uh, is the fruit on the tree real, right? Like we want to yeah. measure spiritual fruit. We want to see the that being enhanced in a child's life. Um, through the scriptures, through engaging God's word, but but also what do we celebrate in front of the parents that they're winning at, right? So we celebrate to them, we celebrate to the kids. So that way the other six days of the week, while they're with their kids, they're they're seeing those things that they were celebrated for when you encountered them on the weekend. All of a sudden during their life, they're going, I'm I'm actually now seeing those things, which I wasn't able to see in my busyness and in my pace. And I need to celebrate that too. So yeah, definitely. Well, and with that, so when we are in, when I was in kids ministry, we are actually in the process of writing down. So when a child gets into kindergarten, these are the six things we want to see in their life. You know, service, knowing that like, and then when they got into third grade, these are the six things that we want to see when they got into sixth grade. So then we set the measuring tool to say, okay, this is what we're going to filter everything through. All of our curriculum gets placed that way. All of our, I mean, everything, what it does is it builds a very intentional kids ministry and those can change, but it gives you the ability to evaluate and say, okay, where are we with these things that we feel are important? Uh, that's we, we talk a lot in One Hope, to your point about um, outcome-based ministry is starting with the end in mind is that's what you're saying, right? Is you're saying like when a child graduates out of children's ministry, like what are those outcomes that we desire to see in our lives? And you're actually breaking it down and saying, hey, listen, actually at each phase within our children's ministry, there's some core things that need to happen. But translating those as we talk about extending outside of the church is like, I think the church, you can feel exhausted and it's it's a mantle we carry as children's ministry leaders because we're passionate about it. But yep. if the mantle is to solely be carried by the children's ministry leader who's engaging with them on Sunday, then, then that's going to be a very exhausting, hard place to try to minister from. But if the family and if the child on those other six days, if we're thinking about like, well, that's the most time that they have. So how do we actually spend more time thinking about what we're putting in their hands and how we're supporting them outside in a way that actually can be successful? I think that's like what we count as successful discipleship may not be where the parent's starting from. And so help me back to where, go back to where they're at and then move them up to where we desire them to go. And that kind of circles back into like digital things are always in your hand on the go. And so you can just say, hey, listen, you always have it with you. You don't have to go find that piece of paper that we gave you on the weekend that has these discipleship things. You don't have to find this thing. It's just really with you. And it's as easy as just opening up a piece of, of digital technology, plus you're Kids are drawn to technology. So why not show them God's heart in technology, reveal to them Jesus through this piece of technology instead of, well, that's for other things. And then we spend our time with this at home activity. This is where the church piece happens. Like, like it's got to all come together because Jesus, he's just in all pieces of it. Right. And that's, that breaks down the silo mentality because I think in, in a lot of people's minds, whether they would verbalize this or not, Sunday's here, Sunday's here, and then Monday through Friday is here and it's separate. 
And what we're trying to say is bring that all together to where what happens Sunday gets brought into life Monday through Saturday, where it really should be where it gets applied. I mean, that's where the rubber hits the road, right? Um, so what's one thing you'd like, and we talked about this a lot, but what's one thing you'd like your children's children's ministry leaders to know today? Yeah. Um, go back to that research, right? Let's lean on it. Simply getting children to engage or read scripture on a weekly basis yeah. has a host of benefits. Like the guiding children research, one of the ones I love to tell children's ministry leaders, because they know like, listen, pastors saying, hey, how do we get more kids? How do we get them to attend more frequently, more right. regularly? So they're in the house, a community of faith, which is such a win. Um, you know, the research actually shows that those that were engaging with the Bible weekly at the ages of eight to 12 years old, that they were actually more likely to attend church weekly than any child who wasn't regularly engaging God's worth. I just think that's the Holy Spirit that activates in them this drawing into the church. And so we know children's ministry leaders know this. Maybe it's not as well known uh, throughout the rest of the church. Children can lead and move families to go frequently attend church. I oh, go. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, and you know, the perfect example of it is I hate McDonald's, but like if my kids, I mean, a cheeseburger every once in a while, I can't, you know, you do get the craving, but like they, kids would wake up and be like, mom and dad, we got to go eat at McDonald's. And because they were passionate about it, the parents go along with them and have, you know, McDonald's food. And so what I always said is let's make church that same way where they get up in the morning and they can't wait to come there. And it literally changes their life. And, you know, they're bringing their parents along. I mean, we have that happen in our church right now where we've got kids that are waking their moms and dads up saying, we cannot miss, you have to be there. I think we could also, we get to the point where kids are waking their parents up or not, or, or they're shaking their parents to say, hey, I want to read God's word today. Yeah, I want to totally. read God's word. In the busyness of a parent's mind, that wasn't the first thought, just like McDonald's isn't your first thought always when you wake up. But then the parent says, you know what, for the joy of my child and to see them like feeling like they are being, being fulfilled, like then yes, let's do this. And then and then a family's heart changes, right? And together, yes. like family starts to change and transform. And so I think this is becoming, it's becoming more and more important, as I said, with like the digital space is to find ways, not only that kids can engage scripture, but a way that the parent could at least stand alongside or like be kind of hovering in this area and yep. saying, hey, listen, let's just read God's word together this way or consume it this way and start here. And they don't even realize that God is then calling them to more of what he has prepared for them. I think we can start there with most families. And those kids are going to challenge their parents. I'm telling you, we've got a high schooler that, I mean, is so into the Bible. And I get emails from his mom all the time saying like, man, he's in it more than I am. And it's such a challenge. And, you know, seeing that passion, I think it will change families to your point. So how do people get, what are the resources available from you guys? How do they get connected to those? What does that look like? Because I think that, that you guys are offering an incredible tool to help to engage parents and families and kids and in, in this Bible engagement idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll focus on ours, but I'll also say for the younger children, those early childhood, if you're not, if you haven't seen the Bible app for kids, like that's a great resource for families to like see a narrative story presented yeah. in one that's fully engaging. But can I throw something in there real quick before yeah, please you please do? Early childhood, that's where it starts, guys. I mean, like honestly, and we know it. But I think it's important to understand like 90% of who a child is, is developed by the time they're three years old. And so, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know that that we've made that connection because when you go into church nurseries and you go into early childhood, there's a lot of babysitting going on. And I think we have to change that mindset to say, 
okay, we're not just babysitting kids. Like, in fact, I think we need to take the word childcare out of our vocabulary when it comes to kids ministry, right? <laughs> like churches are like, oh, we've got childcare. We've no, either we're doing kids ministry and we're ministering to kids or they need to go hire a daycare. I mean, that's really like kind of what it boils down to. That's a pet peeve. But, um, you know, I think like, you know, and I hear churches, oh, we're going to be providing free childcare for this event and free. No, it's kids ministry. Like yep. you don't have that down because every minute you have kids in your building and in your ministries should be well used because those are times that you don't ever get back. And there's times that, you know, I mean, man, take advantage of it. I love that you just said it because language matters, right? Language, oh, language matters. You to say the right words to get the right, the right outcomes. And so, man, I love that. Yeah, child care is a pet peeve of mine. So I'm glad you went on oh, that tangent. It makes me want to say naughty words, but I can't. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad this podcast is restrained. Good. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. So that, that's I, I'm, I'm with you. I think early childhood, you got to start there. We have to start there. But sometimes, you know, you're running into families who are bringing them outside of early childhood. And you're like, hey, how do we how do we now help them take that next step, whether it was the Bible app for kids or it's just their first journey at an older age between that eight to 12 years old. And, and you were kind of alluding to if I had a resource, um, I'm just I'm going to I'm going to say this is a resource when I was in children's ministry that I would have been excited to stumble upon. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kids Bible experience. You know, it's it's a it's a daily, it's it's on the YouVersion Bible app already. So like the majority of families have the YouVersion Bible app already on their phone. It's on the home feed. You scroll to the bottom. It's right there in front of them. And what is it? It's it's not videos that we've created or some other large organizations created. Here's the joy of it. It's children's ministry leaders and children's ministries from both North America and around the world creating short two-minute or less devotionals aimed at eight to 12-year-olds to help them discover one single truth for the day about God's word. And then it's wrapped in this like this package of like, that's great that there's a video, but what else is there? Well, if you've ever used the adult story feature that's already on the Bible app, like it's followed by a reflection question, like good to hear it. Now let's think about it and see how that touches your heart and your life. And then you move into like a piece of scripture. Like what does this really focus on? Like scripture has to be the center point. So it's right there in the middle. Yeah. And then there's a image you get your like your aesthetically pleased learners, right? They want to see the image, which actually research shows, Jason, listen to this. Black and white reading, when we did focus groups, black and white reading was actually there was a high aversion to continue reading past a couple sentences. Oh. Once we put a graphic image with it, they actually would consume the entire piece. Really interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, we are so graphically driven. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then past that, one of, one of the things that has become a highlight for parents is there's a guided prayer and it takes whatever that lesson was. And it's written as a prayer that the child can pray word for word to help them start just getting in this natural space of learning to have a prayer life and a prayer mm. way of engaging with God through prayer. And then, uh, then there's an invitation to come back the next day because after 24 hours, the video disappears. And the question's why all the people who know psychology are going, I think I get it. It's it's FOMO, right? Like we we're yeah. letting go. Oh no! Like I don't want to miss today's because it'll be gone tomorrow. Because the number one outcome or the goal that we're aiming for with this app and with this feature is um, daily, daily scripture engagement for yeah. kids ages eight to twelve years old, so we can start changing some of these things that we're seeing. So that's kind of the beginning point of where the kids' Bible experience is with daily engagement. It's light. 
we acknowledged from the very beginning, Jason, like two minutes is not enough. It, it almost just whets their appetite. It's yeah. not meat to like give you a full expression of like what this actual means to God and through his word. And so um, that's the starting place. But like we just launched in January. I couldn't be any more excited. Like these same churches and other churches are creating video centric four day Bible plans, just like you would normally find on the Bible app specifically for eight to 12 year old preteens to go on a four day journey. So now, oh, I might've heard about the presence of God but how about four days as an invitation during the plan, like to say, hey, come listen. There's four days where we can really learn how important and valuable God's presence is in our life and then walk them through kind of almost a narrative as well of showing them that it actually is laced throughout wow. the Bible. It's not one isolated story. So that's, that's kind cool. of you know, That's cool. And in the show notes, we're going to put links to that so that, friends, you can find those resources. I think they're so good. Hey, so we're coming to the end of our podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to leave people with today? Man, I'm always uh, an encourager is a part of my spirit. And so if, if I, I, I want it, I just want to encourage, I really just want to say thank you. Uh, being a children's ministry leader myself, I know sometimes thank yous are few and far between, but I always think like, like God's heart is for the things that you're doing. And I think he wants to open us up. Like, I think he's just saying an invitation to say, let's explore more ways to help kids at home get excited about the God of this universe and his His word that's been delivered to us. So let me just say, keep going. Don't stop. Know that that what you're doing is, is planting seeds of faith that you won't discover maybe on this side of eternity. But man, there's going to be a day where I just believe like there's just going to be a celebration and a rally of children who are now adults and people who are touched by them that you get we get to step back and just bask in greatness for God and giving him the glory of like, Lord, thank you for letting me be a part of this. I didn't even know I was making that impact. So just know, keep going and know that there's resources like this and others that want to help you along the way. So you don't feel like you're having to create or do it all on your own. Like you have people around you to help you out. Totally. So, and you have longevity in kids ministry, 12 years in one position at one church. And it was a, I mean, a church that definitely was high, uh, high pressure probably. And I mean, anytime you're in a larger church. So what's one thing that kept you in the game for that amount of time that you could encourage people? Yeah. Uh, the thing that probably stretched the longest was like close bonded relationships with others that were in ministry with me, not being a silo. Like there was a heart to like, there was a heart to say, Hey, we're in this together. So finding other people, who can not just encourage you, but what I was grateful for was in moments when someone around me said, hey, this is what God says in this moment, or here's what I believe God is asking you to hear in this moment, um, because it's easy to go on an emotional pendulum internally and, and just centering yourself on Christ and allowing him to speak to your heart first and foremost, but then allowing other people around you to not be people who are just like saying, hey, I think you're right. But like, Let's hear what God's word has to say about this. That always was something that would put my spirit in check or would just lift my spirit into a place where I knew that this was where I was called to be and what God had designed me to do uh, for this time. Well, and 90% of, I think, what we have to deal with is some of the lies the enemy tries to bring. Like, and I think you you brought that kind of up and like making sure that you were keeping your spirit in check and making sure that you had friends around you that could encourage you. And when those lies came, it was easy to say, okay, God, what's the truth? And so many times I think we listen to what the enemy has to say over what God has to say over us. And if we can switch that around, that's going to keep us in the game. 
Because I think a lot of people, if you start buying the enemy's lies, that's why the word says take every thought captive to dig into that. And every time, like we can't afford to, especially if you're in a season where people's lives are being changed and transformed, he'll the enemy will do everything he can to fight you because he knows like the potential that there are of every kid in that room and that your potential as a kids ministry leader. And so it's good. Will you pray for our leaders today as we get ready to close out? Yeah, thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time too. Let me close this out Thank and pray for Father God, we just, uh, we humble ourselves, God. We humble ourselves in gratitude, Lord. Gratitude that you have uh, you have transformed our lives, Lord. And our only response to you, Lord, is, is to lift your name, to make your name known, Lord Jesus. And so I pray, God, over each and every ministry leader that is listening uh, to this podcast, Lord, that, uh, that louder than my voice would be your spirit speaking to them in this moment and reminding them of where their identity and value comes from, Lord. It's not in the it's not in the number of kids that are in their ministry. It's not the responses that they're receiving, Lord. It's it's not in any of those things. It's solely found in you and you alone, Lord. So would you enter into their lives, Lord, in a fresh new way? reminding them that you are with them wherever they would go, Lord Jesus, that you are not going to leave them and you're you're setting them up and you're preparing them for season upon season. You're giving them the grace they need to be able to continue in the work they're doing. Remind them, Lord Jesus, that the word goes out and it doesn't come back void. And if they are preaching the word, then they are preaching the truth and lives will be touched, whether they see it today or it doesn't come until tomorrow or further down the road when they can't see it, Lord. May they just trust you and continue to obediently follow your path as you direct their steps. So, God, we just give you glory. We give you praise. We lift your mighty name. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Matt, thank you so much for being on today. I know this is going to encourage people. And friends, go check out all the resources in the show notes. Um, Man, I can't wait to hear the stories of Bible engagement coming in. Matt, God bless you. Have a great day. And thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Jason. Y'all have a great day. Take care. We would love to hear from you. What are some of the thoughts, questions, ideas you would like to hear more about? You can submit your thoughts and questions to thekidmantribe.com slash mailbag. And be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of the Kidman Tribe podcast today. I hope you were challenged. I hope that it really challenged you to dig into God's Word. As leaders, we can't give out something that we're not doing. And so if we're challenging our kids to be in God's Word, I challenge you as a leader to be in God's Word, engaging and growing and built going deeper. It's going to change how you do ministry. Hey, if you love the Kidman Tribe podcast, be sure to subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel. Give us a big old thumbs up. And if you want to give us a comment, we'd so appreciate that. You can also listen to the podcast anywhere where podcasts are found, iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc. Like us also on Facebook at the Kidman Tribe page um, and share this with every Kidman leader you know. Hey, do me a favor. Will you also leave a comment and review if you love the podcast? You can also find us online at thekidmantribe.com. That's kidmantribe.com, where we we have a bi-weekly blog that are, that's written by some of the best children's ministry leaders around. You can also find our older editions of the Kidman Tribe podcast. On that website, we also have some great swag and a place that you can leave your thoughts, your comments, questions. As we look to future shows, we'd love to be able to answer those for you. Hey, so getting transitions right 
which, and I'm talking about transitions as we transition our kids from kids to youth and youth to college is so important. And there's a movement towards looking at a birth to student ministry kind of game plan where you're looking at from a kid when they enter your kid's ministry at birth to when they leave in student ministries in 12th grade. How do we put a great plan together? There's a term and a movement that's been, that's been coined, Gen Now Ministries. It's one of the most important aspects of ministries that we do so that we're not siloed, but we're all working together to build children who love Jesus. These these transitions have to be intentional and they happen at key points in a child's life. It's important that we strategically walk alongside our kids as they transition into these new ages and stages. These transitions include when a child moves from children's ministry to youth ministry and when a student moves from youth ministry to adulthood. In two weeks on the show, I have my very good friend Sean Silveri on the podcast. Sean has been in various ministry roles. Uh, he served as a youth pastor and other pastoral roles in the church. Sean now serves the Oregon Ministry Network as the Gen Now leader focused on children and youth. Sean will share some great insight on how to transition our kids and build a birth to adult game plan. Sean has three kids and he lives in Albany, Oregon. Please join us for this insightful and important edition of the Kidman Tribe podcast. I'm praying for you as you're getting ready to move into the fall. I pray that this is the most effective harvest season that you've ever seen. Remember, you are loved, you're appreciated, and what you do changes lives for eternity. I'm your biggest fan. I'm cheering you on always. You're my heroes. Go get them, Tribe. I'll catch you in two weeks here on the Kidman Tribe podcast. Thanks so much. The Kidman Tribe podcast is a production of 1230 Kids. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your kids' ministry, visit KidmanTribe.com.